one. So joining me on the podcast for another very special episode is none other than Frank Jankowski. Now the twin brother to Ryan Jankowski and now officially a pro fighter. And I got to say right off the bat this morning, I watched your pro debut and I got to say, man, I was really impressed with the way you fought Jake ha- Jack Haynes, how you managed to w- get the win in the second round. Uh, honestly, man, how do you feel? Yeah, I felt good in there. felt calm, yeah. Everything just, yeah, felt well. Just The training camp was good for it. The cardio felt good. Didn't feel like gaps. My first few fights felt like completely like drained and everything, but yeah. Felt good in there. Probably the best of themselves. Awesome, man. Well, you've certainly come a long way since your amateur career because you kicked off your amateur career in 2018 with a win. And then you went undefeated for a while. And now you've only got one loss in your amateur career. And since now you've come all the way pro, I just want to, before we'll get to that point, but now I just want to rewind the clocks a little bit for you. So what can you tell me about your background and how you got to where you were? So I started in judo in primary school. Like, uh, granddad used to take me and my twin brother after um, primary school in like year three, year four to judo. And then he was like a real big, he was back, back in the day, he was like a big boxer and he was real big into martial arts. And he put us into judo when we were about seven, I think. And then we didn't really enjoy it, but... Yeah, that led into like Muay Thai in high school, Taekwondo, and then MMA when we were about 14, 15. Wow. Um, so you did a little bit similar, definitely similar to your uh, brother. You guys did judo, you guys did kickboxing. Uh, now, yeah. I remember, I recall Ryan, he told me he had quite a few uh, fights before he transitioned to MMA. What was the case with you? Did you also have some uh, professional uh, Muay Thai fights? No, I just jumped into MMA. I just had um, jiu-jitsu comps. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, my first like, proper fight was just MMA. I did a few like interclubs, like MMA interclubs at um, MMA clinic, but it used to be, yeah, M- scrappy MMA, but it used to be MMA clinic, so. And then to your Osborne Park, Mac one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and had, my, had my amateur fight in 2018 which is a few interclubs and but I felt like I was well prepared, like been training for about four years before that. So uh, you had four years of MMA experience in training before you had your first amateur fight? Yeah. Awesome. Correct. And so what was it that made you say, okay, I'm ready, let's go, let's actually get my first MMA fight? Was it something that happened or did you just get a feeling? What's the story? Uh, our coach, my coach Steve, he was sort of, he believed in my like, abilities and he just knew that I could make the next step and try to amateur and just do well. But I was training real hard just leading up to it. I just felt like I had the skills to perform. Yeah, all the experience, yeah, just leading up to it. That's good to hear. So earlier on today, I uh, spoke with uh, Steve as well. Uh, he was very fortunate to come out onto the podcast. And honestly, I've got to say, man, you've got a really humble and very knowledgeable coach. Uh, how long have you been working at the Wolves then for? Since, yeah, it started 2014. 
Because it was called Mac One for about five years. Because um, Mac One as well as Osborne Park, and then, yeah, both together. And then Steve recently, last year, wanted to make his own gym, like his own brand, and then changed to Wolf's Den. And yeah. yeah, so it's been good. But yeah, he's got so much knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And so you. So you followed him from the Mac One over to the Wolves Den, and uh, you made that transition. Yeah. And now you're fighting out of the Wolves Den. Obviously, I got to say the guys, the pillars that he's pushing out of that den, are uh, it's uh, honestly it's phenomenal. Especially you and your brother, you know, coming out hard. And then he had a uh, Courtney, who's now one championship fighter. Well, can you give yeah. me a little bit of an insight into what's the culture like from your perspective at the Wolves Den? Yeah, it's real good. Like, a lot of, like, family. Everyone's really close. I mean, everyone pushes each other real hard. Yeah, good, a good team. It's real friendly. Like, even a lot of new people. And then everyone just, like, yeah, it's real nice to everyone. People, yeah, everyone just shows each other, like, new moves, what, what they want to work on. Mm, interesting. Mm. And so you've been training there for a while now, and now you've got a professional win under your belt. Uh, what, is there anything that you're hoping to get uh, get done for the rest of this year? Do you have anything booked or are you hoping to get anything booked before the year is through? Yeah, hopefully get maybe one or two more. But I'm putting my name down for the next Eternal, October 30th. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be a big card. I think it's mostly just pros. So hopefully I get a match for that. And then maybe one more at the end of the year. And a few jiu-jitsu comps. Doing one this Sunday and then maybe another one. Oh, are you going to be at the one at HPF Arena? Yeah, SVT, yeah. Yeah, that's me. I'll be there too. Get to oh, introduce myself. Oh, we get to introduce myself to you in person. You will, you will you and brother be there? Yeah, we're both competing. Oh, Just very nice. Same here. I've what? recently got my blue belt, so I'm in the blue belt division, and then Ryan's the white belt. But, oh, yeah, it should be a blue nice. belt, but it'd be like more a lot of nogi. Yeah. Do you, I was going to say, do you prefer the no gi over the gi? Yeah. yeah. It's more fluent and stuff. I still like gi. Gi, like, you break down things a lot. Yeah. I prefer no gi. It's probably more fluent and quicker and stuff. Easy yeah. to scramble. And it works more with, like, with the MMA side. That's understandable. Now, how long have you been, uh, how long have you been practicing BJJ for? Um, I was, Ever since I started at the gym, so 2014. Oh, okay. So you've been, what, uh, five years? No. Got my math. This one, seven years? Yeah, seven years. Seven years. Wow, man. Awesome. Uh, so how many competitions have you done right up to, to the Sunday? About six or so, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. to you. Six or seven. And this will be your first one in the blue belt? Yeah. Is there any, like, let's say, different experience that you feel between entering a BJJ competition and competing in a MMA fight? What's the difference? Do you feel any, like, different kind of feelings or? Maybe probably a bit less pressure because not getting punched. And I don't really have many, like, friends and family coming to watch me to, like, compete in jiu-jitsu compared to MMA. So I just going to have fun. Mix it up. Understood. Enjoy myself, uh, yeah. yeah, and I was going to say, what uh, division will you be competing in? 
What's your weight uh, category? 70 kilos. 70 kilos. I was going to 64, but I'm walking around about 65, 66. So. Interesting. Well, yeah, quite a bit heavier. That's okay. So when you are, uh, I know my, uh, my math game is a little bit off, but you normally fight at, uh, what is it? You normally fight at uh, flyweight. Uh, yeah. When you uh, compete in BJJ, is there much of a weight difference between BJJ uh, weight and uh, MMA uh, fighting weight? Um, not really. Yeah. Um, on that heavier weight, there's probably more guys to roll with as well. Like at the gym, everyone's got bigger. There's not really many small guys. There's a few of us, but. Yeah. Fair enough. But like I did a 70 kilo last time it was white belt and it was like had so many matches. So I did both gi and no gi and was exhausted afterwards. But interesting. So uh you are now fighting at uh blue belt and I'm guessing and you've been practicing for quite some time. Now let's rewind the clocks back to the beginning of your amateur career. When you had your first amateur fight in 2018 at the Hex Fight Series, Path to Hex War against, I uh, hope I don't uh, butcher this guy's name, uh, Mo Rizwan. Is that, did I say that correctly? Rizwan, yeah. Yeah, Rizwan. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Tell me what was that like? Yeah, so, so me and Courtney, we both had our first amateur like debut together. And then mm-hmm. we flew over to Melbourne, Path to Hex. I think it was the end of April. And then, yeah. And then, we felt had a good training camp yeah it was pretty short training camp like because it was like a short notice thing a few three or four weeks or something but i didn't yeah know much about my opponent and we both just felt like we're just going to go on this smash it good training camp it was truly like experience like my first fight going to the east like traveling with my coach and like training partner just go over and fight and then yeah leading up to i was good like the weight was good i was and we weighed in, it was the same day weighing in, we passed the heck. So the weigh in, I was the underweight, and then, yeah, then we went out, had like waffles and stuff, ate well. And then, mm-hmm. and we fought at the night, and we won the first fight. Courtney was the first fight, and it was the third fight. So, like, yeah, we'd warm up, and then she would go out. And then I had my twin brother as well, he was in the army, but he came to the corner, and then he warmed me up, and then Courtney won by decision, got a nice decision, and then. I went out there. I felt like I was just going to do well. And then my game plan was just go out there, like, throw kicks. Yeah. Just have fun. And, it, yeah. Because I had a uh, big reach from the guy. And I came out through some, like, head kick, and he just took me down. But it was a good fight, scrambled, and I ended up getting the TKO. Ground and pound. Well, yeah. It was a thrill, like, experience. And afterwards, like, going karaoke. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your go-to, yeah. karaoke? Yeah, usually. Okay, nice, nice. Good on you, man. And, and a few then, and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's usually the way to go, usually the, the way to celebrate, especially when I talk to fighters. They're not really uh, – the ones that I've spoken to, they don't really talk to – they're very humble people, you know, but they're not the kind of ones, you know, go out. They're not about the clubs or the nightlife. But yeah. they tell me but when they do ever go out, because they, they barely ever get to – it's so much more yeah. enjoyable because, you know, especially coming off a win like that, especially in a KO, in, a KO mm. in your first fight. I, I mean, I would say the beers did de- definitely taste good that night. That's all I could say. Uh, yeah, now, I wanted to ask you about 
So now you've got quite a very good, quite extensive record from the time you were an amateur all the way up to when you were a pro. Now, I wanted to ask you about your last uh, amateur fight, which was in literally the beginning of this year against Darcy Spowart. I hope again, I hope I'm saying yep. his names correctly. Uh, at Eternal 56. Yeah. yeah. So coming off the fight, what was the biggest uh, what was the biggest improvement which you made between when you were an amateur and then when you had your first fight as a pro? Um, probably, yeah, a lot of mindset, just mental. I felt I was ready to go pro. And in that last fight, I was amateur as a close fight. I felt like I could have done more in that last, that last amateur fight. So I was pretty, like, gun-shy, gun pretty hesitant. But, yeah, it's good experience, yeah. Awesome. I feel like yeah. um, I learned a lot through the amateur ranks than to go pro. I felt like I was real just comfortable in there. So I've had a lot of fights at the HBS now. Felt like, yeah, I've done it before, warmed up, visualised, like, yeah, visualised a lot about it. Had a few dreams about, like, entering the arena and stuff. Mm. So walk me through, like, what, you, what do you go through on the day of the fight day? Like, uh, ask your brother the same question. Like, okay, it's fight morning. Do you have, like, a little routine that you go through? Or is there something that you do to help take your mind off the nerves? Like, what do you do? Usually, like, um, I make, like, a big breakfast and stuff. Like, maybe go to office and then, like, at home, make some food. And then usually just be active for the day. Maybe, like, go go to my dad or, like, go somewhere, keep my mind off. Maybe just go see a mate, keep my mind sort of off the fight. And then, yeah. And maybe leading up to it, and when I'm like about to leave, I sort of have like a little switch. It's like, yeah, time to fight. And just sort of eat well. But when I get to the venue, I don't eat anything. I just, yeah. Interesting. I feel like eating things, yeah. Hard to like, yeah. Do you feel like that's just because it's a loss of appetite, or you just don't want to eat anything, or what's going through your mind? Sort of, sort of like I just can't eat. I'm too like focused. Like I'm in a mode where I'm just like, all I'm thinking about is the fight and getting in there. Then afterwards, just, like, enjoy myself, eat what I want. Fair enough, man. So let's, um, let's rewind the clocks uh, a little bit more. Uh, your brother told me that when he was out of high school, he ended up joining the Army, and he told me a little bit, he told me a little bit of what, about what it was like to be in high school because you were training so – you guys were training so heavily – you told me you guys came from a bit of a competitive background and a lot of the fighters that I've spoken to, a lot of them start at a very young age, especially um, when they're in their teen years. So what I wanted to ask you now was what was it like, you know, uh, training, you know, judo and the Muay Thai and the boxing or in the MMA while, whilst you were in high school? How did you manage to fit it all in? Because um, even through high school, the only thing we'd think about is fighting. Like, I'd ride my bike to school and I'd think about just training or MMA, basically. But, yeah, it was good just after training, we'd just be yeah, after school, sorry, we'd just, yeah, go train. And, just, yeah, we'd just be real competitive, me and my brother. Oh, but, interesting. Yeah. It was, it was easy to, like, yeah, after school, just, yeah, just go train or, yeah. And when you finished school, then what happened? Yeah, I took it like more seriously. Like through school, I'd only train about like maybe three times a week. But then, like straight after school, I mean, when school finished, 
there's like the only thing I would do back there is like train every day. And yeah, got in really good shape. Did a few like jiu-jitsu tournaments. Took it up, yeah, re- really seriously. Compared to school, like when we go a few days a week. Interesting. And when you left uh, high school, did you go to university? Did you get a job? And like, did the schedule change at all? I was what? Yeah, I was working, like, I got a job through school, like, Dome Cafe, so I was, like, a waiter, basically. Really? Where? For a few years. Uh, Dome Combine in Joondalup. Okay. All right, well, if I ever come in, I'll be like, hey, you better tip that guy, his fighter, that's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, but then did that for about four years, and then started doing, like, scaffolding, and then sort of started, like, my fighting when I started, like, working there, but... It was pretty hard, like, working full-time as a scaffolder and then going to train because I had a few fights coming up. And it just, yeah, it took a toll on my body. Mm. But then well, I, I basically got, got the sack from, like, taking time off for, like, fighting. Because my first really? fight in Perth, was, and then I took, like, two weeks off, and then it's like, oh, I don't really need you. But then I just took fighting seriously and started training, like, full-time. Took a few fights, like, title fight and stuff, and then got another job for like in a scaffold where I'm at the moment but this place is good at take like when I take time off to fight or whenever to right. deal with it. so your previous job as a scaffolder fired you because you took two weeks off to train sorry to get ready for a fight yeah basically yeah. That's, that's, oh wow and then you came back and be like oh I won by the way They're like nah we yeah. don't need you that's but they sort of wanted me to come back, but I already had that new job lined up like six months after. Yeah, and you're and you're also a pro now, so you're on your way to uh, on your way to making the money through that way. That's all I can say. Uh, do you yeah. still work as you're still working as a scaffolder now, aren't you? Yeah, yep. yeah. Scaffold yard, just like yeah, have a forklift, pretty easy labour. So. Okay, and that is what you use to help pay for your training. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. So, uh, that's it. Also, just I uh, want to talk about things like what's your schedule like through the week? So, you're working as a staff holder, you're training. Is there anything else that you fit in on a weekly basis? Um, not much really. It's work, train, sleep, okay. and on the weekends, have a bit more time. All right. So, is there anything that you you do, with, or is there anything you and your brother do to take the mind off fighting? Is there any hobbies that you guys have? Yeah, like play Xbox. We're like big like movie fanatics. Watch a lot of movies. But uh-huh. it's like yeah, going for bike rides, few, like running and stuff. But that's sort of like with training as well. Interesting. Interesting. So, uh, let's talk about uh, what it's like inside the walls. Then, like. Um, I was talking to Steve earlier on and then he, he guys, he runs you through like a weekly schedule and he runs you through like a session, depending on what you need to work on. Can you run me through what's like a typical day for you uh, in the uh, wolf stand? Um, usually I'll train because I've got to work for the day. I'll train at like 4.30 or 5.30 usually. Depends. All days got different. Maybe like, so for like a Monday, I'd be like, uh, jiu-jitsu and then maybe like Muay Thai or like Tuesday I'll just be maybe just like wrestling and then go for a run before yeah, probably one or two hours but when I've got a fight camp and it's like four, four hours a day or like training in the morning and then training at night but wow. when, I'm, when I don't have a fight camp it'd be like yeah training four times a week or 
I'm built, yeah. Uh, that's so five days a week. Four hour sessions, four, sorry, four hours of training per day. That's that's pretty full on. That's all I can say. Um, and also, uh, you fight at flyweight. So once you get closer to the fight, I spoke to you, when I spoke to your brother, he told me he doesn't really have to cut much weight. Is that the same situation with you? What's the weight cutting process like? Yeah, I've got to cut a bit of weight. Um, so when I'm like peak training, probably about four, five kilos, with four kilos. Mm-hmm. And then just lower my carb intake. And then, then I sort of do a little water cut, water load. And then on the last couple of two days, yeah, lower the water intake and then lower the sodium. Nice. And then uh, once you've weighed in, like, do you, how do you, do you re, just rehydrate? Do you have a bit of food? Like, what's the story then? Yeah, like, Steve makes this little drink, like, this good drink. He's got, like, this secret formula for it. So I drink that first, and then I'll have, like, a bit of, like, coconut water, a bit of water. First, you need your fluids, and then you can eat. Usually, I always make, like, a little fruit salad, and then it just tastes like heaven. Yeah. And then nice. eat a few carbs, and then usually, like, um... Post Wayne's dinner would always be like a penne pasta and like some cheesy garlic bread or something like that. Oh wow, and that does that does that actually oh. makes me hungry when I think about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so, tell me also, whilst in the uh, Wolves Den, what do you guys like do for strength and conditioning? Uh, Kev, he's like um, he's a strength and conditioning coach there. Yep. And then he takes Monday and Wednesdays, and then. Yeah, so I do. I'll usually go there once a week, and then I've got weights at home, and then I do my like little strength training at home. I used to go like the gym, um, Good Luck Gym, but never really went that went as much as I should for like because I was paying. But yeah, Kev's a real good strength and conditioning coach. So that, yeah, knows his stuff. Interesting. So there's a strength conditioning. How many sessions do you roughly do a week with your uh, strength coach? Probably uh, once at the gym and then once usually at home. Interesting. So twice a week and do you do any, what do you do for things in terms of recovery? Right, uh, Epsom salt bath, CBD, um, magnesium. Like sleep's probably the number one. You need like a good like eight hours sleep or nine hours. Yeah. Mm. Is, is, is that roughly how many uh, hours you get a night? Roughly like eight, nine hours? About that, yeah. Try to. Oh man, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm jealous. Love roughly as like a PT, I only get. I don't. I do not get anywhere near as many hours as you do. Usually, it's like right off the bat. I'll, I'll have BJJ to about eight thirty at night, and then I'll have to wake up mm. the right the next day around like four thirty and all that. I've got the gym, classes, yeah. clients, you name it. But uh, so when you said eight nine hours, I was like, Woof, those are those are magic words to me. You know, that's like yeah, very dust. Anyway, man, um, I just wanted to – I know this has been a bit of a short one and all that. Uh, don't worry, because what, what I spoke to Ryan about, in the future, what I want to do is I want to get both of you lads in for an in-person podcast because this is what we have to deal with for, for the time being because we're still getting much better equipment. But uh, yeah. before we uh, wrap this up, uh, I wanted to ask you the same thing I ask every fighter. Uh I know you said you want to fight one more time for the rest of the year, but what are you hoping to achieve in and outside of the cage within the rest of this year and also within the next three years? Um, hopefully just test myself, have like a few more, and then hopefully 
be one of the top Australian pros. Hope for making it to UFC, but for everyone's dream. But hopefully, like a top yeah, top promotion, putting the hard work and then having it pays off. Make the big leagues. I can see that happening. Yeah. I can see both both you and your brother making the big leagues. That's definitely a possibility for sure. Uh, now, uh, just before we uh, wrap this up, man, is there any shout outs or anyone you want to thank or extend your gratitude to? Yeah, probably Steve and then everyone at Wolfstan. Yeah. My coach, everyone at Wolfstan. Yeah, my brother and then, yeah. Uh, next MMA, you guys at the gym, yeah, making our own like MMA brand, clothing brand. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Uh, not really. Yeah, <laughs> that's all cool. All right, man. Well, uh, apologies, this was a short one, but don't worry, I will get you back on again one day very soon. I just got to rush, rush off now. Clients just walked in, so I have to go uh, get back into it. But uh, I just want to say thank you one, thank you again, uh, Frank. All the best, man. Hopefully you get that fight buddy in, uh, in October, and I will definitely come down to see you, and hopefully I'll see awesome. you on Sunday at the competition. All cool? Cheers, Joseph. Cheers, man.